Hello everyone and welcome to Cody's Car Conundrum. I'm your host, Cody Wagner. Here we'll discuss everything related to the wide world of automobiles, including culture, news, games, interviews, and events. Without further ado, let's get on with the show. Alrighty, let's uh, let's get straight into it. No intro here because I already have an intro, so I say another intro. It's redundant. Rear-wheel drive Renault Clio V6 is the weirdest hot hatch you'll ever see. You won't confuse GM's new Baojun, Baojun, yeah, Baojun RS5 with Audi's Sport Coupe. Yeah, you definitely won't because it's a big SUV, and it's not. They don't even because it has a little uh. It has a little hyphen between RS and 5, whereas Audi just says RS5 without a hyphen. Four to reduce noise using graphene, starting with the F-150 and Mustang. One of four Ferrari 290mm's, sorry, ever made, to be auctioned in December. Lamborghini Aventador SVJ is a V12-powered surface-to-surface missile. Holden free to rebadge and import any GM product to Australia. Which ones do you want? I want to see what the Camaro would look like. That That's all I want. Second-gen Mercedes-Benz CLA shooting brake prototype scooped. Tesla's Chinese factory will build the Model 3 and the Model Y. Not that we have seen what the Model Y is yet. Alpine A110 is the little French sports car that sticks it to the Germans. VW may partner with Korean firm for European battery gigafactory. Yeah, but Elon Musk can say he did it first. Well, I guess just the gigafactory part. I'm not so sure about that being in Europe. I thought he had one. Had a factory, whatever the scale in Europe. I don't, I don't know my Tesla factories very well. Nissan Leaf is first EV approved for vehicle to grid use in Germany. <laughs> Eat it, Tesla. No. <laughs> EU favoring Wi-Fi over 5G to VW and Reynolds Advantage. Young drivers encouraged to learn to drive on racetracks, and I wholeheartedly agree. Ford recalls 1.5 million focus, focus in America over engine stalling fears. BMW confirms a series convertible debut for LA Auto Show. GM wants a nationwide EV sales program that's opposing Trump's plans. Basically, they want the adoption of California's strict rules, which I really, really hope we don't get outside of California. Toyota might revive the MR2 as a hybrid or electric roadster. Ford says no to the 2019 Geneva Motor Show as it lacks major premieres. Well, then just, you know, get some car- put some cars there for people to look at. Anyway, 2019 Subaru Ascent has everything you'd want from a mid-sized SUV. China's VW T-Cross has Tiguan-like face. See how South America's model looks, too. Elon Musk admits that Tesla can't quite make the $35,000 Model 3 yet. Despite recent successes, the base Tesla Model 3 won't arrive for at least six months. Redesigned 2019 Hyundai Tucson goes on sale and has been priced from $24,245. Uber is increasing London affairs to help fund EV development. McLaren confirms VTEL isn't street legal in the US, but there is a loophole. It is the... Oh, because I, I remember reading this, I think just yesterday. And uh, by the way, the Speedtail, A, it's out, which I just spoiled, but it also looks... It's incredible. It is just magnificent. It is crazy the way that it looks, but I love it. But anyway, it's the it's the show and display loophole, if I remember correctly. Basically, they it's it's not quite road legal, but they can only drive it for some... The vehicles on this loophole, legal loophole, can only be driven up to 2,500 miles on public roads. Which, as someone who would like to drive this often, um, that's not enough for me. But I guess for most people who, you know, 
make these cars garage cleaned, it's more than enough. Okay, according to this, the National Highway Traffic Safety Administration only requires a single application from a speed tail buyer to have all the vehicles considered for use in the show or display, meaning not all U.S. customers will have to go through the process. Oh, wait, hold on, because that's not, that's part of it, but, okay. Car Scoops asked, Car Scoops asked McLaren's Vice President of Communications and PR for North America's Roger Omisher, sorry, I forgot your name wrong, and he told us that those cars will indeed make it to the states, but they will be done by the owners themselves under the show or display legislation. Speedtail owners will have to import them individually under the show or display ruling, Omisher said. McLaren NA will not officially be importing or selling the car. Despite this, we believe around one-third of the production run will be heading stateside at some stage. Tesla records first quarterly profit in two years! Thanks to the Model 3 demand. The Mons winning 919 or 919, I suppose. Porsche, oh wait. Le Mans winning 919 hybrid driven on public roads through its retirement at the Porsche Museum. Alpina XD7 prototype unleashed on the ring as the diesel-powered BMW X7M. Land Rover's upcoming 550 horsepower Velar SVR, kind of rhymes, much to my annoyance, shows more skin in latest spy shots. 2019 Genesis G80 gains a 3.8 sport package and upgraded tech. Ford looking to expand VW Alliance beyond commercial vehicles. BMW Alpina B4S by Turbo Gains new limited edition, limited edition 99. Look at the Velar SVR for a second here. Looks looks good. I'm kind of excited for that. Oh gosh. Okay, I'm looking at the Bojang. Oh gosh. No. I kind of like the headlights because they're kind of they're kind of the Ferrari FX XK-ish where they're just they're really really thin. They've got basically a single line, uh, uh you know, a single line of headlights. Okay, really, really thin. And I kind of like the grill. I actually kind of wish it was a little smaller, but that's not as bad as my first initial reactions <laughs> made it out to be. Looks kind of good, actually. Yeah, it looks really good. I like it. Front end over, well, front end visually looks a little bulky from the side to the roof, but whatever. Official, McLaren reveals 250 mile per hour speed tail, the world's first Hyper GT. Despite Brexit, Denbrobium, sorry if I got it wrong, Commits to building electric D1 hypercar in the UK. Opal updates Crossland X with new 120 PS diesel and leather seats. Hester Martin opens its first overseas design studio in China. BYD's factory seamlessly building EVs ahead of global expansion. New Hyundai Veloster N celebrates US launch at Thunderhill Raceway. Extremely fake Porsche Carrera GT might give you a laugh or two. Apparently, this is a replica based on a Pontiac Fiero, and... No. Just, no. McLaren teases a collaboration with Mystery British Brand. Oh, apparently, it's it might be a fashion label. Eh. Tesla Model 3 mid-range gets $1,000 price bump days after launch. Cadillac Pedestal Editions send off the ATSV and, K and CTSV. I was about to say KTSV. And CTSV with style. Watch a pumped-up Dolph Lundgren train Volvo's new excavators. Have you ever seen an excavator do a pull-up? Uh, pull leave it to leave it to 1980s action star movie titan Dolph Lundgren for that. Jaguar Land Rover opens new factory in Slovakia. Will build up to 100,000 cars annually. New 2019 T-Cross is VW's smallest and cheapest SUV ever. And it's not... It's not coming to America. 2019 Honda Civic Si models bring a minor updates and $200 price hike. 
Mercedes AMG GT 63S. That, that's a weird way. Hmm, that's different from Mercedes normal, normal uh, nomenclature. Becomes fastest four-door coupe on the ring with a seven minute twenty-five with a seven with a, with a yeah seven minute twenty-five second and forty-one millisecond lap. Although it's not as fast as Jaguar's XCSV Project 8 though. Also, I'm still mad at that. I'm still mad at that Mercedes because it's not it's not the AMG GT. It's not the four-door AMG GT we were promised. It's one that is either based a little bit on it or looks a little bit like it, but isn't you know isn't quite perfect. It's it's like saying the Porsche 9 the Porsche Panamera is a four-door 911. That's kind of the case, but some of you have probably seen that act that four-door 911 concept from the 60s or 70s. That's an actual four-door 911. Although if you take that, then you really could say the Panamera is kind of there, but uh, still, that that car is more like its own car that takes after the AMG GT rather than an actual four-door AMG GT. As I've said before, it's not like the S1 Rapide where that's an actual four-door Aston you know, a four-door uh, DB9 or, or whatever it's based off of. You know, that, that really is an Ostagod four-door DB9 or whatever it's based off of. Anyway, let's get into the McLaren speed tail. Following a very revealing leak last night, McLaren has officially pulled the wraps off the new speed tail, which is the closest we'll get to a modern interpretation of the legendary F1. The new McLaren speed tail represents the next chapter in the brand's ultimate series, featuring a top speed of 250 miles per hour or 403 kilometers an hour, courtesy of a new hybrid powertrain that produces a combined 1,300 and no 1,036 horsepower powertrain. McLaren hasn't hasn't revealed yet the full technical specs of the Speedtail's petrol electric powertrain, but the company did reveal that it sets a new benchmark for the company when it comes to straight line acceleration. 0 to 186 miles per hour. I, I like how it's one, 0 to 186 and not 190. Just, just to make it, just to round it off, but whatever. 0 to 186 comes in 12.8 seconds. 0 0.3 seconds faster than the far more powerful Bugatti Chiron at 13.1 seconds. Every body panel on the McLaren Speedtail is made out of carbon fiber designed to reduce drag. A pair of retractable digital rear view cameras come sorry further aid the aerodynamic pro performance while a pair of static front wheel covers reduce the turbulence around the arches and allow the speed tail to reach 250 miles per hour the bodywork's highlight however is the patented active rear ailerons which operate without the need of a shot line ensuring the continuity the continuity of the design ensuring the continuity of the design in fact McLaren wanted to reduce as much as possible the number of shut lines on the car and that shows the need for minimizing drag gave the new speed tail that characteristic elongated rear end the new hyper gt measures 5137 millimeters long making it 549 millimeters longer than a p1 and 600 millimeters longer than a bugatti chiron the cabin's three-seat layout features a custom carbon fiber driver's seat flanked by two passenger seats that are integral to the monocoque chassis. McLaren came up with a new directional leather finish that makes it easy to slide into the seat, but hold passengers firmly in place once on the move. A cutting-edge control system in front of the driver features high-definition displays and touchscreens across the dashboard, removing almost every physical button and switch. Controls for the engine start, the active dynamics panel, the power-operated doors, and engage Velocity mode are mounted on the ceiling above the driver. Velocity mode? What's that? That's the mode you select when you want to travel at high speeds. Engage it and the hybrid powertrain is primed accordingly. The rear active ailerons tailor their angle. The ride height drops by about 
35 millimeters and the digital rear view cameras can be retracted for maximum slipperiness. The monocoque carbon chassis is bespoke to the to the speed tail, with McLaren using a new type of the lightweight material that features a titanium weave. The company calls it titanium disposition carbon fiber, and it features a micro-thin layer of titanium fused directly onto the weave, giving the material a chrome effect shimmer while retaining its immense strength and low weight. All 106 samples on the McLaren Speedtail are already spoken for, with customers given free reign on the customization options in order to ensure that no two Speedtails will look the same. Prices start from 1.75 million euros plus taxes, which is 224 million dollars, 200 million, yeah, 200 million dollars in current exchange rates. And the first customer deliveries are expected to start in 2020. Good grief, that's that's, it's gotta suck to have to wait two more years for for that bundle of awesome. Anyway, I will see you see you guys after the break. Are you uninsured or underinsured? Can't afford the high premiums of health insurance? Would you like to save money on your out-of-pocket cost for dental and medical bills? If you answered yes to any of these questions, request more information at http colon slash slash www.ownyourhealthcare.com slash alternative dash healthcare dash solutions or call Dr. Taffy at 303 dash 576-0670. Our plans are available in 42 states. Okay, we are back. Okay, sorry, I had to look at something. That's why I was kind of slow. Alrighty, let's talk about Circuit of the Americas, despite the fact that Mexico is today, and I'll be going uh, after I record this, which is, you know, 10, 18 a.m. right now. I'm on the second part. So, Circuit of the Americas, the first lap. Holy mess! I really, I really didn't think I was. I was definitely concerned for Kimmy. I didn't think there was that much room. That was that was sketchy. That that really was sketchy, uh, with how close and how far Hamilton moved over to stop Raikkonen from getting ahead. But Raikkonen was on the inside anyway, so he had a uh, you know he had to run. To the, well, he had the preferred line. Well, in some cases he had the preferred line. In that instance, yeah. But I'd say definitely not for uh, definitely not for how to take the turn quickly. But then again, everyone's just you know everyone's just getting started, so no one's gonna be taking the turn exceptionally quickly. But yeah, that that first move that in some ways I'm surprised that that that's how it started. That we just already jumped straight into fighting, straight into a war. Uh, it was it was kind of awesome. Um, Vettel spinning again. That was sad. That that was really sad. I mean. Vettel's been having a tough time. We all, we all know that much, but seeing him spin again after running wide and then hitting Ricardo a little bit, I felt bad for him, but not that bad for him because I was like, dude, how many times are you gonna how many times are you gonna sabotage yourself into uh, how many times are you gonna sabotage yourself from you know making doing uh, getting into a good place? That's that's your own fault, man. Um, so yeah, that that was that was a shame. That was a shame. For that and then skipping ahead a lot for stabbing out driver of the day which i disagree with i think that should have been right i know Raikkonen didn't do what max did and he went from you know nearly last on the grid till what third or second i mean that was that really is an impressive recovery drive throughout the entire race and that is worthy 
of being Drag Race of the Day. It really is. But Raiken hasn't won since, from what I saw, what, 2013? And, well, he, did, he didn't win since 2013, but now he's won. But still, I, I honestly think that that might have been a little more important as how, you know, you go, you know, oh, so many years without a win. You know, oh, so many, without winning a race. That, that's painful. And to finally win for years after years after years. Also, I think that was worthy of it, especially because he held, he held Hamilton off. He, and not, not only that, he backed up Hamilton and he held him off when he was coming back to get him. Oh. Or at the very least, Max, Max helped with that. Max certainly helped with that. Oh. Val, I think I was confusing that for Valtteri and Vettel's fight, which I was actually, I was hoping that would last a little longer. That didn't last very long at all. In fact, I, I was also hoping it would, it would happen a little sooner because I got video of it. I got video of it and it, that didn't, what I thought would happen didn't happen as soon as I thought it would. So I, uh, I had a few photos or videos that I didn't need. Uh, yeah, that was cool. Uh, apparently there were some good midfield fights, but they didn't really cover it. Or the the people I was watching, uh, the station I was watching didn't really cover it, which was which was a shame. Yeah, I'll be honest. In fact, when I when I first got to the place where I was because I didn't watch at home, I actually watched it at Haggerty because they have a watch party. Well, Haggerty and Auto Archives they have a watch party uh, there. When I went there, a guy came up and asked me, you know, who's your, who are you betting on? And I think I was I was a few seconds away from saying. I don't know. Vettel, I, I was a few seconds away from saying anyone but Raikkonen. I really was. But I was like, yeah. I, I decided at that moment, I was like, you know what? Meh. I'm, I'm going to, you know, I'm going to take a uh, bit of a gamble here and say, and say Raikkonen. And that, hey, and apparently I made, I made a good bet. If, if I had any money on that, I would have won. <laughs> but then again, I bet you if I had money on that, then something would have happened to Raikkonen and then I'd be out, I don't know, 50 bucks or something. But... Yeah, apparently I made a good call on that one, but I also said I knew Vettel was going to make a mistake. He's been making mistakes, and I really didn't think that was going to get better on this race, especially with all the pressure that Coda brought. But I also thought Hamilton was going to make a mistake, considering all the pressure, but he did really well. Uh, he, he didn't crack at all, which I was surprised at. Uh, but he, yeah, he did a really good job. But if, you know, if it really had to be that Raikkonen didn't get driver of the day, then Max definitely deserved it, because he... He worked his way to mess up the grid to get to where he did. He he put in a lot of effort. You know, even I made the joke or made a joke about Crash Stappen being in full force um, at that race. But you know, when push comes to shove, when Max really needs to perform, he performs. He does a he does an absolutely exceptional job at racing at just at just racing, getting up places or whatever. He does a just a remarkable job being the racer that he needs to be when he has to be that racer. But the thing is, he has to be that racer all the time, not just when the moment calls for it. So, uh, yeah, but he did a truly exceptional job at working his way up the field and getting himself up into a points-paying position. You know, honestly, forget a points-paying position. He got himself up into a darn good position. Again, second or third, I don't quite remember. I you know I don't quite remember which. Yeah, as I said, he did a really, really impressive job on getting himself up up the field. Daniel crash or not, he didn't even crash. He just his car just died unceremoniously at that. It no smoke, no nothing, and you know I guess that's better because that perhaps means less damage. But I felt so bad for 
just so because I'm a Ricardo fan. I'm a, yeah, I'm not I'm not necessarily a Hamilton or a better or even a Verstappen fan. I, I'm a I'm a Ricardo fan, and just you know he's been having an Alonso all all through the year. He's been having an Alonso, and that that sucks for him. And but it really it it puzzles me because Verstappen did really okay. As far as I know from the qualifying, Verstappen made an accident on his own accord. It was nothing to do with the car. Ricardo's problems has more or less been the car, and to an to an, to a suspicious amount because Verstappen, Verstappen hasn't even had a microcosm of these problems. He hasn't even had a smaller a smaller version of these problems at all. And and that does make me suspicious if you know if there's not a little bit of favoritism going on. And I and I suggest this because even when Verstappen was doing well earlier this year, he still had a, a fair bit of problems within the car that weren't his own fault. You know, Ricardo had the worst of it, but Verstappen had his fair share of issues. But now it seems Verstappen is Scott is just scot free, and Daniel's getting all the problems. And so, you know, I don't know, I don't know what 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 goes into all. I don't know what completely goes into, you know, the teams and the development between the cars. But if Ricardo's car was really having as much, if his car is having as much problems as it is. And Verstappen's car is okay. I would have expected some of Verstappen's crew to go over to the Daniel crew and maybe help them help them figure out a problem. But I don't know. I'm, I'm suspicious. I don't want to necessarily imply that they're sabotaging uh, that they're sabotaging Ricardo, but something fishy does seem to be going on. Personally, that to me, the the fact that Verstappen has had as little problem as he has, and you know Ricardo's just getting all of it. That that that's just completely fishy to me. That fight between Hamilton and Verstappen was good. That was a really good fight. I was honestly hoping for I was hoping maybe they get to a three way battle during during the main straight into turn one between Raikkonen, Verstappen, and Hamilton. I was really hoping for that, but that didn't quite happen. But that was still that was still a really, really entertaining fight that they had. Really entertaining fight that they had. But it's also, you know, like I said, the same story between Valtteri and Vettel. I was hoping for a were a bit more of a fight, and Vettel just undercutted him, and then, you know, just dropped him, just left him in the dust. I will say, and this is about the Mexican Grand, Grand Prix, which is going on, not right now, but today, Brendan Hartley's been, I think he got, you know, sixth? I was never really a Hart, Hartley fan, in fact, I was never really interested in Hartley at all, because he's, he's been really slow most of the year, but... I don't know how he got sixth, but if he got that on pure pace, it looks like Hartley's starting to come, he's starting to get used to the pace needed. To, to compete in F1, so uh, I'm interested to see how he does in the race. Daniel got first. I really hope he wins. I don't, I don't know if it's going to happen, though. I really don't know if it's going to happen, but I really hope he does. That would be excellent if he could. But, yeah, so we'll see. We'll see how that how that turns out. Because Mexico, I honestly think in terms of track battles, Mexico might prove better than Circuit of the Americas. Although, you know, to be fair, we didn't get much coverage of the of the... Of the midfield battles, so... But yeah, this is going to be a really... I hope it's going to be a really interesting race, especially with Daniel on pole, and I think Verstappen's second. So if they don't... if As long as they don't sabotage each other, or, you know, Verstappen doesn't sab- sabotage Daniel, because if he does, I think I'll be mad, but I think Daniel might just quit before the year's over, if, if that happened. I wouldn't... I wouldn't be completely surprised, but I would be a little shocked that it, you know, that he, you know, that he actually did it, and, you know, didn't just seriously consider it. Uh, yeah, so that's that's it from what I can remember from Circuit of the Americas. I will see you all after another break. Are you uninsured or underinsured? 
can't afford the high premiums of health insurance? Would you like to save money on your out-of-pocket cost for dental and medical bills? If you answered yes to any of these questions, request more information at http colon slash slash www.ownyourhealthcare.com slash alternative dash healthcare dash solutions or call Dr. Taffy at 303-576-0670. Our plans are available in 42 states. Alrighty, we're back. Let's get on to that recall. Ford is recalling approximately 1.5 million focused vehicles in the United States for a fuel system issue that may cause engine stalling. The models covered by the recall are still like 2012 to 2018 Ford uh, Focus models, equipped with a 2-liter GDI and 2-liter GTDI 4-liter gasoline engines. The reason is a malfunctioning canister purge valve that may become stuck in, the, in an open position. If that were to happen, Ford says that an excessive vacuum in the fuel system could cause deformation of the vehicle's plastic fuel tank. The trouble is the car's engine control computer may not detect the issue. The only way owners can predict the problem is if they notice the fuel gauge fluctuating and showing inaccurate fuel levels or the indicator light malfunctioning. According to the automaker, this could lead to a stall while driving and or an inability to restart the vehicle, which can increase the increase the risk of a crash. Effective vehicles include 2012 to 2018 Ford Focus 2-liter GDI models built at Michigan Assembly Plant before before April 13, 2017, and a 2-liter GTDI models built before February 2, 2018. There are some 1,463,389 vehicles in North America covered by the recall. 1,282,596 of which are in the United States. Ford says it is not aware of any accidents, injuries, or fires as a result of this defect. As part of the recall, the automaker will implement two fixes. First, dealers will reprogram the powertrain control module with new software to able, to, able to detect a malfunctioning canister purge valve. The software will also prevent a potential excessive fuel, excessive fuel vapor system vacuum condition from occurring. Then, dealers will inspect the canister purge valve, carbon canister, fuel tank, and fuel delivery module and replace them if needed. All the fixes will be free of charge. Ford advises owners of Focus models covered by the recall to maintain at least a half tank of fuel until the car is covered. The recall will commence on December 10th. And now I'm going to get into some SEMA news. I nearly forgot about that. I nearly forgot that I, that I wanted to cover some SEMA news considering it's going on right now. So... Two Ram 1500 concepts unveiled by Mopar ahead of SEMA debut. I might be talking about those a little bit more later. Move over, millennials. 16 to 24-year-olds love cars and spend billions modifying them. And apparently the top influence for 16 to 24-year-olds accessorizing their cars is Danica Patrick. And I don't even know why. That's... <laughs> Uh, rest assured, that, that's definitely not my my reason for for like liking modified cars. Although not all modifications, but you know that's a given. Forget Ford's concept concepts. United Pacific's 1966 Bronco could be the coolest Ford at SEMA. Speed Core's 1,400 horsepower carbon body Dodge Demon is an eight second car. I love Speedcore. I love them so much because they make everything carbon fiber, and I love carbon. You guys know this. I love carbon fiber. 
Ford goes crossover crazy. Ready's five customized models for SEMA, and I don't like the majority of them. The Corvette ZR1's supercharged V8 is now a 755 horsepower crate engine. Mess, yeah. That, now that's awesome, even, even as a Mopar fan. Chevrolet's Camaro SS Shock Concept is a high visibility safety jacket you can drive. <laughs> and they're, they're pretty much right on that. It is a high visibility jacket. The Ring Brothers teased a 1972 Chevrolet K5 Blazer Restamod with LS3 V8. For it's going to SEMA, these are its modified Mustangs. But that's probably because they don't have any other modified cars. The Boss Mustang is back with 815 horsepower at SEMA and it's a 1965, 1969 Ford Mustang Boss 429. Not, you know, not a new Boss Mustang. Although, arguably, the, the Ford Mustang with the Performance Pack 2, the PP2, is, you know, like a, like a... What is it, a Boss 302? What was it, the Laguna Seca edition? Mustang? Yeah, supposedly from a, a Road & Track article I read, that's like a modern Boss 302. Anyway, Superformance Ford Future 40 is a mix of old and new. And, you know, in fact, I still haven't seen any, you know, IRL photos of that yet. 2019 Chevrolet Silverado Concepts show showcase how customers can make their trucks unique and will make them look a little bit more different from the last generation uh, Silverado. Anyway, let's move on to the forwards. You have a blue edge with a with a snow thing on top, like the like that white Koenigsegg image. Looks kind of. Eh, I'm not. I'm not a fan. Then you have a Holst Custom Expedition, which looks better. I almost. I, I don't know. I kind of like it, but that's stretching it. Then you have a a redesigned Explorer from Mad, which is probably one of the tamest of these concepts but i but i'm kind of bored of the explorer so i'm not not that big of a fan then you have a tucci echo sport which it's 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 an eco sport and i'm forever going to call it that a tucci eco sport which with 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 flares to fit wider tires i suppose the more off-road oriented it's kind of like a lifestyle vehicle once again not i don't really care that there's another apparently there's another expedition that's not here it's supposed to be, imagine if Ford, oh, apparently it's called the Expedition Classic. Okay, basically, it's if Ford were to try to do a Trailhawk version of an Expedition, except a lot tamer than what Jeep does. Well, relatively tamer than what Jeep does. Anyway, let's get on to the SEMA Mustangs. The CJ Pony Parts Smoke Show is a Mustang designed for drifting, and it kind of looks the part. I like it. Then you have the CGS Motorsports Mustang. It has a sinister appearance, although it's basically just a drawing at this point. The Bojix Design Mustang GT has kind of like a grabber blue color, some some black accents here and there. Kind of like if you were to if you were to, if you were to play Forza and use their use their design creations tool and you put some uh, black decals over there to black a few areas out. That's kind of what that's like, except you know I like it. It looks good. Uh, it's also got some hood vents, hood vents, not vents, hood vents. Uh, a spoiler too. It's I don't know if the spoiler really fits with it though. But. I like it. They have a Tajin Edition EcoSport Mustang, and it has an RTR body kit, and it's purple. Kind of, I kind of like the purple. That's that's kind of different. Not quite Mopar purple, and I say Mopar purple as in you know plum crazy. It's not quite that, but I like it. Hot Wheels, the best selling toy in the world. Although I thought Lego had that, had that real you know, rightful honor. Turns fifty. They turn fifty, which is awesome. That they've been around for fifty years. Oh, there you go. Ford Expedition. Baja Forest Adventurer winks at raptor-loving families. It kind of—it's not a soft rotor, but it's not—it's not, it's not going to be a raptor competitor because it doesn't have—it's 
it's more like um, it's kind of like a really extreme trail hawk in that sense. It's more extreme than the last one I was talking about. So it's you know it's got the higher ride height, the lights, the tires, you know, roof rack full of off. It's it's not a raptor because a raptor is kind of like a trophy truck. Okay, Raptor's a little bit like that. This isn't like that. This is more this is more like an elongated Jeep Grand Cherokee Trailhawk. That's what it's like. Except with the bits that, you know, Ford probably couldn't can't use from the factory. Vilnir unveils bespoke Tremontana with gold accents. It's oh dear. You know those Can Am three wheelers? Okay, it's a four-wheeler version of that with an actual cab. So okay, it's a mix between the can it's it's mixed between those three-wheeler Can-Ams and the Lamborghini Egoista or whatever it was called. You know that 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 uh, that Lamborghini that had the the almost you know like clamshell cabin open uh you know door the clamshell door when it opens from the top kind of like a fighter kind of like a fighter jet. Yeah, it's it's kind of a mix. It's it's like Can-Am took that idea or you know Vilnius took that idea, put Can-Am-ish bits on it, but used that Lamborghini as inspiration. That's what that's like. Toyota wants to chase front-wheel drive ring record, but modified CHR. Oh, wait, this is from last last year, and so is the Vilnir. My bad. Anyway, let's get into the Chevrolet concept. You have the Silverado High Country concept, which is kind of like, I suppose, your, your you know, uh, Sierra-ized Silverado. It, it kind of looks nice. I kind of like it. Then you have the LTZ concept, which is a sporty-er, kind of. But it's it's no way. It, it doesn't even compare to the, I'm going to go to Mopar, my buddies at Mopar Insider, Mopar Insiders, oh, by the way, guys, I write for them now, or at the very least, I'm a contributing writer there, which is awesome, uh, hold on, because there was a, because the, okay, SEMA, SEMA, Mopar SEMA, Ram has a 1500 Bighorn lowdown concept, it's a street-based Mopar 1500, and that is way more extreme, way more extreme than this piddly LTZ concept that Chevrolet has come up with, it, it's, compared the show, the 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 Ram, is it's not quite an SRT truck, but that's it's a proper street truck. It absolutely embarrasses the Silverado. Now I don't say that. I really don't say that subjectively. All all show all Chevrolet seems to have done is put sporty looking wheels on it and red calipers. They haven't loaded. Whereas the lowdown concept, it looks lower. It has the sportier wheels. It has the two tone paint going on. So you have you know, you basically have black hood to black you know Ram horn unibrow thing to grill all the way to. If you guys could see it, you could immediately. It's also got kind of, kind of. It it has fender flares, but they're but they're not as extreme as it might sound. But it's but apparently it looks like it has wider track or an extended track on the front, wider track on the back, blacked out. Most it's black and silver, so it's got a you know black roof, black top of the bed. Uh, basically, it's got two tone where the belt line is. Uh, that's that's where it transitions from silver to black. It looks menacing. It looks absolutely fantastic, whereas the Silverado is just, it's maybe black, and it ha it has a few performance parts, and a 5.3 liter V8, and a Z71 pack, but it, it looks nothing like the loadout concept. The loadout concept is how you make a street truck. Then you have the Silverado RST off-road concept, and Ram's got an answer for that, too, with their Mopar modified Ram Rebel. Oh, by the way, by the way, about that loadout concept, before, before I forget, let me make sure, because I thought it did... It also has a hood vent. It has a proper hood. It has a proper sport hood. It, it's it's a, it's kind of a slit of a vent, but still. The, the Silverado doesn't even have that. The LTZ concept doesn't even have that. That's a, that's just a shame. And then you have the Mopar modified Ram Rebel, the you know, Ram 1500 Rebel concept, which also has the same hood vent, you know, bigger tires, some Rebel graphics. Now, the, off, the RST off-road concept does a far better job of competing with the... Uh, 
with the Ram in terms of with you know with the Ram concept in terms of you know actually being off road, but I think the Ram might just have it. They, they, I think they're really close. Also, apparently they have another street concept, which is the Silverado RST street concept, which basically has black wheels and might be normal height rather than lifted. So the LTZ wasn't wasn't the right one. My bad. And this one, the RST, it's got some carbon fiber trim, 22 you know inch rims, and it's got it's got some graphics on it, especially on the front. It's kind of you know how the Challenger has that has the Super B stripe on the back. Okay, well imagine that, but on the front and and on the Silverado, and it's kind of like that. And anyway, the Silverado RST has a sort of spoiler on the bed lid. It, it's sportier, yeah. Still doesn't compare to the Ram, though. It still doesn't compare to the Ram. The Ram, like I said, is a proper street truck. Anyway, I'll give you guys one last bit of news before I go. Camo Free SMR DBS Super Legera Volante reveals its soft top. Looks great. Love the wheels. It's got orange calipers. Calipers, I cannot wait. Anyway, I hope you guys enjoyed. I'll see you all soon. Thanks for listening. You've just listened to me probably ramble about some cars, if I'm being honest. If you've enjoyed me passionately talking about lumps of metal on wheels, then why don't you follow me on Twitter at CodyCar, C-O-N-U-N-D-R-M, or check out my website, www.codyscarconundrum.com, for articles and other car-related content. If you have any questions or would like to become a sponsor, send an email to drtaffy777 at gmail.com and put sponsor in the subject line. Make sure to follow me here or any other platform so you don't miss out on more full throttle content. Thanks for listening. I'll see you all in the next episode.